Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode, a new season of the Queen Conversations podcast. Now, if you are following me in my life or social media, then you will know that this year I launched the Career Champion podcast as well. And I've been having such a great time doing that. Um, But a lot of things I want to talk about, a lot of topics that I want to discuss are not aligned with career or even entrepreneurship to the point where I felt like that would be the best place to put it. So here we are for season five. And this season's theme is, or title, whichever one you want to call it, is no, but seriously. Um, And if that gives you any insight into what this season it's about, it's about shit that literally just makes you go, no, but seriously, can we talk about it? Because there are so many things I want to talk about. And, you know, one, honestly, I don't really have people to talk about all the all these topics with all the time because my folks are, you know, about their shit and on their business and, you know, time is precious to us. Um, but then also, too, when we do have conversations, um, they're not recorded. And I promise you that the conversations that we have are things that I know for sure a lot of you guys would benefit from hearing. A lot of people are definitely going through. So that's what prompted me to get back into the Queen Conversations podcast. Um, I missed you guys. (laughs) I I do. I did. Um, But I'm back. So let's get ready for season five of the Queen Conversations podcast. Here we are, episode one. And today we are talking about squad goals. Um, But first, a very brief message. Hey there, champions. It's me, Teddy Renee. And I'm here with an update on the collective and Teddy Renee career services. So, Number one, starting September 15th, 2021, all the way through October 14th, 2021, the collective membership will be free for everyone. That is right, free for everyone. To get access to the collective, you wanna go to thecollective.co and register. The link is in the show notes for you, all right? So thecollective.co go to the show notes and register your account. Now, why do you want to do that? Well, because for the remainder of the year and in 2022, we will be hosting all of our courses, exclusive courses, content, workshops, sessions, classes, you name it. All the resources will be in the collective, um, including our career clarity workshop, which is a prerequisite for my resume rewrite service. Also, we'll open again in October. So starting again, September 15, 2021 to October 14, 2021, membership to The Collective will be free. You don't want to miss this because you need that information. You need the workshops, you need the skills, and you'll also get access to my full catalog of career services through Teddy Renee within The Collective. Also, look out on social media for our clubhouse schedule. Yes, in case you don't want to join the collective or you're trying to figure out if that's something that you want to do, um, I will also be hosting my career clarity sessions via clubhouse. Uh, Schedule will be on both Teddy Renee's Instagram page, the collective Instagram page, and Pay Black Women. 
Speaking of pay black women, some of those resume rewrite services are absolutely going to be free. So you want to make sure that you are following, subscribing, joining the email list to make sure that you don't miss an opportunity on getting career services for free thanks to our amazing sponsors. More details on that to come. The overall gist of all of this, this entire message is, I've heard you, help is coming. We all need new jobs, right? Um, Let's get it done. Join the collective, follow Teddy Renee, and subscribe to Pay Black Women. Bye. So today's conversation is on the topic of squad goals. And the this topic has come up for a variety of reasons. One, my personal squad is being refined. And when I have conversations with people about friendships and, you know, my definition of a friendship and what it takes for someone to be defined as a friend by me and to me, um, it, things get a little dicey, gets a little tricky. Um, over the years, I have learned that not everyone views friendships the way that I view friendships. Not everyone values friendships the way that I value friendships and vice versa, right? I don't view it the same way as everyone else. And, you know, I don't value it the same way that they do. I, <clears throat> in relationships in general, all relationships, I think that the base and foundational and first relationship should be that of a friend. And I get into hella conversations with people who are like, oh, well, I would never date one of my friends. And, you know, where I stand, it's like, well, I would never seriously consider dating anyone that's not (laughs) my friend first. Like, you know, just fundamental differences like that. But recently, um, I have been somewhat um, obsessed with TikTok. And so last week I was on TikTok and actually I think I saw it on Instagram first, Um, but I was on TikTok and I saw this video where it was um, this guy and the caption said um, how guys become friends or make friends. And it's basically just like over a course of several times, I think this is like the ninth time seeing each other, um, they end up being like best friends. So it's like the first time you might get a little head nod. Second time they see you, you know, you might get a head nod and a little hand gesture. And then cumulatively over time, it's basically saying that the male friendship is derived off of the frequency um, of seeing you and just like recognizability and familiarity. Like it just basically says that in order for males to become friends, it literally just takes them seeing someone multiple times And then, you know, they are friends, (laughs) which I thought was interesting. So um, I took to my own TikTok page, um, Teddy Renee, (laughs) Um, and I, you know, kind of talked through like, no, seriously, like, but can we talk about this? Because that's truly and genuinely how a lot of male friendships happen. So like males be friends with each other, but they don't really be friends. And by the definition of friendship that I'm basing that off of, it's like there are some requirements that that depiction of the male friendship forming, um, some requirements of friendship that that just doesn't cover. It doesn't address. And um, I I thought that my video was interesting. 
I mean, a few other people did as well. People watched it. They liked it. They commented. Um, and essentially, my my comments were to the effect that guys don't provide the support and the encouragement and the accountability and the um, consistency to um, or desire to help their male friends grow. Like a lot of, one, female relationships, like true friendships that I know for some females. Like I have witnessed and noticed a lot of male friend groups who essentially they just do some of the same things together that they did when they were in college or when they first met. And that's the extent of their friendship. It's based on how long they've known someone and whether or not they've had a major falling out. Like if those people were around when they went through certain pivotal times, but those people didn't necessarily have to be a part of them getting through it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, when my dog died or my best friend died, like he hit me up and said, I hope you're, you know, I hope you're all right. Let me know if you need anything. And then we went out and had drinks or something like those types of things mean major things to a lot of men versus females, a lot more female relationships. Um, you know, it's like, well, when my mom died, she sat with me, she cried with me, she listened to me. And it, you know, that could attribute to just like the difference between males and how they express their care versus females, how we're, or at least how we're conditioned to see their expression of their emotions. But either way, so <clears throat> I, um, I did the video. It was cool. Go look at it. It's on my IGTV, um, at Teddy Renee. It's on my TikTok, all of that. But then a few days later, I came across this clip again on TikTok. And um, in my video, I mentioned something about the Bible saying that iron sharpens iron um, and that the, um, the um, what was the other part? That basically that just because your friends, are, you know, don't challenge you, um, oh my God, why can't I remember the daggone burst? Give me a second. Because I'm literally sitting here. Um, let me find the verse while I sit here and talk about this. But so the first verse or whatever that I was talking about, I think it actually was second in the video, but it talked about how iron sharpens iron and, um, you know, that that is a true value or a true um indication or indicator that you have true friends and you know someone is a true friend if they are putting you in a position to get better and to bring you into their higher frequency or their higher um position of their higher self so it's like everyone says or people say that you're like the total sum or the average of the five people you spend the most time with, if those five people aren't doing anything with their lives, then your average will sum up to be less than five people who are doing major things in their lives in various areas. And, you know, just the version of yourself that you become around, you know, group A versus group B, very, very different in the significance of how much you grow and evolve and learn in life. Um <clears throat> So the other verse was uh, Proverbs 27, um, 6, and it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And essentially what I was using that verse in the iron sharpens iron um, verse is that your friends are going to challenge you. They're going to say things that are not always easy, that are not always easy to hear, that are not always easy to 
um, process or to grow through, but they do it with good intent. They do it with the intent of seeing you grow, of seeing you evolve and seeing you be the best version of yourself that you can be. And if they are true friends, they're doing this because they may have heard you or you may have specifically told them like, this is the type of man or this is the type of woman that I want to be. And true friends are going to help you achieve those higher versions of yourself by pushing you, by holding you accountable and also walking with you through that. So my video basically was saying that a lot of male friendships that I've witnessed from, of course, the outside do not appear to have those fundamentals of friendship. And that when I consider people to be my friends, um, those are the types of things that I am um, looking for bare minimum, right? Basic bottom level and the capacity to which someone can provide that will indicate to me whether or not I can truly call them my friend. On the flip side, I have been a friend to many people, um, by exhibiting those things, whether they accepted them or not, because again, and as I get into this topic of discussion, we'll talk about how in the clip, um, that I was looking at, um, the, the secondary clip, because there's another clip we're going to get to in a minute, how they talk about exactly this thing and how, you know, some people don't want good friends. They want easy friends. So either way. So that was the video. That was the sum up. That was the TikTok. And then a couple of days later, I go on TikTok and I see this clip. Um, and it literally says like iron sharpens iron. And that's what caught my attention. And it ended up being a clip from which I later found on YouTube. Um, and it's from Pastor Mike Jr. from the Rock City uh, Ministries or Rock City TV is the YouTube page. And I discovered that this is actually a part of a series of um, sermons or videos. Um, it looks like they're on a podcast um, called Focus. And this is part four and it's entitled Who You With? right? Like Bernie Mac. I love it. Um, so in this video, right, the full version of the video, I listened to it today actually. And I got so excited because the things that they were saying in that video affirmed a lot of my, um, more or less, uh, <laughs> less, uh, agreed with conversations and thoughts and positionings on friendship and the value of friendship than what people that I've had conversations with also agree. I've also had this conversation about friendships with um, one of my dear friends, one of my best friends the other day about how, you know, we all grew up thinking that romantic relationships were the thing that we should be striving towards and we should be focusing on. But what if, you know, we're really supposed to be focusing on those friendships. And that's why I say for every relationship type, even family relationships, um, I believe that the, and at least for me, if you're going to be of any type of importance to me, um, if you're going to be one of those people that I put as a top priority, you know, underneath God, myself and my family, um, you're going to have to be a friend first, regardless of any other relationship we have. So like, even to the point where like my dad and I have to form a friendship before he will be a higher priority than a lot of people who are actually friends to me. Like my friendships are the most valuable relationships in my life, um, underneath or beside next to God, myself and my children. Um, and I say my children 
specifically, um, not family because my children are my family of my own making. And when I do find a husband, he'll be there as well in that space of my family. And then the rest of my family also, we have to build our relationship on a friendship and a genuine care for individual, for our individual selves and not just, you know, the, the bloodline that we were born into. That's a whole nother topic. We'll talk about it later, but um, in this video, um, again, it's called Focus Part 4, Who You It. Um, it's Pastor Mike Jr. <clears throat> but they talk about um, attendance, attention, agreement, and allegiance, right? So this is the part that I was like, oh my God, like he is really, they are really getting into like what determines a friend for me. And they say it so well that almost anyone that I know that I've had these conversations with who didn't quite seem to get it, I know they would get it this way. So I got really excited about it. I started sending out the um, YouTube URL <laughs> to everyone that I either valued or everyone that I wanted to be a part of my circle moving forward. Because like I said, I am refining my circle um, to anyone who, to one person who I know could use it because one, he and I are no longer friends. However, I still care about him deeply. And the people, there are parts in this in this video that speak specifically to things that I would, I have shared with him or I've expressed to him from my observations and things that I know that if he listens, his life, his circle will get significantly better. Like whenever I have a falling out with people or whenever I stop being friends with people, one of my first and more, most persistent prayers is that, you know, despite what happens in our relationship, that they are surrounded and supported by true and genuine friends, people who are absolutely there for their best interests, to help them grow and evolve through whatever is blocking them and keeping them from their greatest and higher versions of themselves. Because for whatever reason, our paths have diverged, but whoever else remains in their lives, I want them to push them and to pull the best of uh, out of them um, because I can't be there to do it. And I trust that my prayers will be answered and God will do that for them. So I've, I've lost a couple of friends, um, really close friends, people that I would, I consider to be really close friends. And in hindsight, when I think about it, it was more of a, I was a very good friend to them, but I didn't realize I wasn't getting that friendship back in return. So really close by, the definition of like other people saw me doing for them. So therefore they assumed, especially because they know how I value friendships, they assumed that we were super close. And I assumed that we were super close until I realized that we weren't. So I've lost a few of those. Um, actually, we're going like literally when I say about a year, like my birthday last year was the, the beginning of this transition for these relationships for me. That's crazy. Wow. Um, and here we are <laughs> almost a year later, um, still learning, still growing, still evolving, um, still praying for them, still, you know, hoping and praying and wishing them all the best and, you know, moving on with life the best way I can working on letting go completely. But, um, anyway, so in that environment, in the, in the video, right. Um, a lot of things triggered, triggered thoughts in my mind because like, I am a person who, I realized that I have always had people, but not always had friends, right? Like I've always been surrounded by people who wanted to, or who wanted to know things about me and my life, 
And for a long time, I mistook that as genuine care about me and a genuine desire to be friends. Um, I also have a lot of friends that to this day, I will still refer to them as my best friends. Um, but they wouldn't be able to tell you shit about my life right now or about my children or about my job or about me that I do not post on social media. Like we're just not connected in that way anymore. Um, if there's a tragedy, if there's something major happening, if there's a birthday, um, like a milestone, <clears throat> we'll reach out to each other um, for the most part. But regular daily friendly activities like hanging out or going to the movies or just talking like we just don't do that anymore and I used to get really sad about that but what I realized about myself is that I am a person who transforms frequently I am okay with or for a long time I was not okay with stagnation. Like I always wanted to be moving. I always wanted to be progressing. I always wanted to be changing and growing and evolving. And a lot of times I would do so at a pace of which that, which like the people around me were not on the same pace. And when I was younger, I just kind of, you know, move with it and flow, flew with it and went with the flow. And that was that like, we're, you're still in my life. No hard feelings. It's just where I'm going. You're not going in that direction or, you know, as quickly as I'm trying to get there, you're not so cool. Got to leave you behind. Catch you later. But as I got older, it got harder and harder for me to leave people behind. Um, so to speak. And I started leaving myself behind. I started dragging my feet so I could stay with them because I got tired of not having people. I got really tired of it. Um, I'll, I'll even go so far to say I got lonely. Like I have been always been alone in a sense, but I started, I got lonely. I got really lonely for a long time. And I'll say it maybe started around the time that I started having, um, well, I was pregnant with my first, with my son. Um, so he's 12 now. So maybe 13 years ago, I just got lonely, you know, because here I am in these situations where you're supposed to have people and you're supposed to have this certain type of support and, you know, the expectations of how people love you and how, you know, pregnant women are treated. The reality of that was so different, so different that it was a very lonely time and it continued and it persisted, um, through rebound relationship after rebound relationship, um, which technically is all that I've had since I've actually had like my last official, like real relationship was my son's dad, which again was about 10 years ago um, because well, he was two when we broke up for real, for real. Um, and got to, re- you know, hopped into this rebound thing after that. Um, <laughs> had my daughter um, while I was pregnant with her, hopped into this rebound thing, which has turned into my most recent separation of a romantic partner, you know, whatever. And here I am (laughs) fully single, completely unattached and getting back to that space of before I had so many people depending on me, relying on me before I had so many people telling me what I should and shouldn't do before I had so many expectations. Now I'm getting back to that pre maternal Teddy. But of course I still, I have kids now. (laughs) So it's like, to an extent, I'm getting back to that mindset of it's great to have people, but I don't need them. And, you know, it feels good to be with people, but I, it it also feels really, really good, often better to be by myself. So 
that's where we are. And just knowing that about my previous self and versions of myself where I enjoyed being having such a transformational lifestyle that I could flow from circumstance and circumstance that I could let people go, that I could move forward without them with such ease and non-attachment. Man, relearning that is hard. Oh my God, it's so hard. Um, It just feels like you're losing friends left and right, but you're really not because there are certain levels and certain uh, circles. Um, And that's another thing that this sermon revealed to me that I've gone from thinking about different circles with different that, you know, with different types of access to me um, to just trying to put all of my friends in this one circle. And that has been a big hindrance in my journey. So realizing these differences between then and now um, is the first step in getting back to those parts of myself that were actually like where I had it right when I was was younger. And oftentimes we don't give ourselves credit for our younger selves and how we had a lot of stuff right um, all along. And then just the world and life convinced us that we were wrong. So when it comes to friendships, that's where I am now accepting that I've always been right for me when it comes to how I define and how I include friends. So um, this is also, this this thing, this clip or video also reminded me of um, Pastor Tori Roberts and Sarah Jakes Roberts when they talk about the environment that you're in and how you have to be so uh, aligned with knowing who you are when you go into certain environments so that when you go in, you can shift those environments and not allow those environments to shift you or change you. And as I'm thinking about, like I said, rebound, rebound, rebounds, like I allowed myself in those friendships that I, or what I consider at the time to be friendships that turned into romantic relationships. Um, I allowed those environments or those friends, those men to change who I was because at that time in my life, I was not secure in knowing who I was. The world had gotten to me. I was rethinking everything that I thought I knew. And I was um, honestly open to trying things a different way so that you know, I could be more approachable or so that more people would like me or so that I could be more like the other person. Um, Another thing about me is because I'm always transitioning, I'm always changing, I'm always moving on to the next phase. Like, I'm going to say I'm always leveling up. After a while, I get tired, man. Like, I was just saying this to my... I've always known since I was younger that my life was supposed to be greater than the world that I was born into, that it was supposed to be like this great thing, like the the greatest things I could imagine. Like I knew they were for me and they still are. But knowing that and experiencing that and going through the transformations and the growths that and things that are required to get to those points, it's exhausting. Like I recently have been fighting doing what I know I need to do, fighting, accepting things as they are, fighting the release of control, fighting the acceptance of, you know, people and things lost. Because I know (laughs) that as soon as I accept it, as soon as I do what I'm supposed to do, that the universe and God are going to do what they've always done, which is provide me with more. 
the issue with providing me with more and the issue with providing me with what I absolutely want and what I desire and what I've asked for is that comes with another level of work. (laughs) And I am tired. (laughs) I'm tired. I just want to enjoy all of my accomplishments. I want to enjoy this new house that I have. Yes, I got a new house. I want to enjoy this new job that I have. Yes, I have a new job. I start in two days. It's amazing. Okay. Y'all thought my salary before was amazing. Jump. This is an even bigger, like, this is like, my life is amazing. It's great. But that whole, you know, there's all, it's always something is true because when you are meant for great things, when you know your purpose is far greater than where you are, it's always something. And it's like, in order to slow that down and to just enjoy just a little bit, I have absolutely been delaying my growth and my progress. I'm admitting it because that's the first step, right? I'm admitting it. I have intentionally been delaying my own healing and my own growth so that I can enjoy nothing like really major happening so that I can enjoy all of the major things that have already happened. You know, like I know that what next, what is next is going to, is I I don't even know what it is. I just know that it's big. Like when I say big things are coming in my life, like they are coming, but I just kind of just want to enjoy this very chill time in my life where I have secure housing right? I don't have to worry about where we're going to be moving to or living or, you know, I have, I don't have to worry about mice running rampant around our home because we have a secure and clean home far away from construction and all these things. Like, I don't have to worry about, you know, how I'm going to pay my utility bills because I make more than enough now to cover all of the things that we need and a lot of the things that we want and still have some left over. Like, I don't have to worry about anyone lying to me or trying to find out what they're lying about or ignoring my gut and pushing down what I know because I want to give the benefit of the doubt and trust people to be who they say they are and, you know, to trust that people are doing the things that they, like, I, none of those things are happening in my life right now. And for the first time in a very long time, I just want to enjoy it. So my friends lately have been telling me, cut the shit, (laughs) stop controlling shit, let go so that you can get the blessings that are yours. Like I know I'm holding me up, but until I had that conversation with them, until I looked at them, my mirrors, I'm always a mirror for other people, but my mirrors, until they told me, Teddy, cut the shit. I know you know, and when you're ready, you know what to do. I just need you to be ready sooner rather than later. Until I looked at my friends, I couldn't even admit this, let alone record it, you know? So it's like, that is, those are true friends. And I mean, these are people who I don't talk to every day, but I know that I don't have to talk to them every day because our friendship is so solid that when I need them, when they need me, when I want them, when they want me, we have access to each other. And that is a major part of friendship. And that goes into a lot of this, of what they were talking about. Again, attendance, attention, agreement, and allegiance. Um, So, you know, as I get older and as, you know, even in this time of COVID, I have been trying to master um, and grow into controlling my attention, right? Like I, years ago, um, you know, focused on mastering my emotions because I realized that my emotions ruled 
my decision making and you know procrastination was running rampant and a part of that again was still my focus was off so this video came at a very good time where i am I have removed a lot of distractions from my life. Um, I've, I, a lot of distractions were removed from me. And now it's time to get back into my focus. It's time to get back into, um, you know, paying attention to me, what I want, what goals I have and where I am in achieving those. And then putting my time and effort into those things. Like it's a part of the reason why I left my most recent company, my job, right? That environment was a distraction. It's a part of the reason, if not a major reason, why I know that that friendship, that relationship I just exited after eight years was removed from my life because it was a major distraction, right? As all these other things started to fall into place, the distractions have been removed. And now it is time to just, you know, get the shit done. The video also talked about cognitive dissonance. And you guys know, psych it was my first true love uh, when it comes to studies and education. And even to, to, to this day, like, I still love psychology. And the cognitive dissonance of, like, being who you say you are going to be and doing what you say you are going to do, that's something that I recently had been struggling with. Like, I struggled with showing up for myself with a level of integrity that I strive for daily. Like I would say I wanted to work out, but then I would make up every excuse not to. Um, and then I just wouldn't, or I would just decide not to, or I would just give my, myself permission not to. And it's like, well, you can't be who you want to be and who you've been at the same time. Like you got to pick, you're either going to stay and be the person that you've always been or that you've been through this previous season, or you're going to level up and become the person that you want to be. And so now I am letting go of the control. And even though I, I'm enjoying this time and this peace, my friends have just affirmed or reaffirmed what the universe and God have been telling me that it is time to cut the shit, vacation's over, get focused, get back on your shit and make it happen. So that is just a very quick story about how my friends work in my life and push me even when I am pushing against what they, what, what I know, like that is just, that is, these are real friends. Like my friends, squad goals, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> Hey guys, it's Teddy Renee, and I was just coming to give you some information on the Pay Black Women campaign. Pay Black Women is a campaign that I'm launching this year in hopes of bringing more awareness to the Black woman pay disparity. Yes, the wage gap. Some of you may or may not have heard of Black Woman Equal Pay Day, which for the last few years has happened in August. This day signifies the number of days or the last day that a black woman would have to work in order to make the same amount of money as her male counterpart. Here's the kicker, not for the current year, but for the previous year. What does that mean? In 2020, Black Woman Equal Pay Day was on August 22nd. That means that if Bob, a white male, worked from January 1st until December 31st of 2019, in order for Tina, the black woman, to make the same amount of money that Bob made, she would have to work 
from January 1st of 2019 all the way until August 22nd of 2020. That is a whole additional eight months. That's ridiculous. Black Women Equal Pay Day is supposed to become closer and closer to December 31st. But from what I have seen, the week leading up to Black Women Equal Pay Day and the week following is the extent to which the majority of people actually care about the Black woman wage disparity. So Pay Black Women is a t-shirt campaign for us to bring awareness to this wage disparity by purchasing the official Pay Black Women t-shirt or hoodie, you are helping the collective to sponsor a Black woman, to sponsor resources for her, to sponsor personal coaches, to help her with financial plans, business mapping and outlines, and anything else that she could use in her life. Because the collective connects Black women with coaches, experts, and consultants to help them address their unique combination of life's challenges. Those life challenges could be the difference between making ends meet, making them overlap, and making it rain. Sorry, guys, I had to. (laughs) So please support Pay Black Women campaign by going to payblackwomen.shop and purchasing your official Pay Black Woman t-shirt today. Thanks, guys. So as I'm working on, um, you know, removing the cognitive dissonance within myself um, and working on restoring my integrity to its full capacity, doing what I say I'm going to do, being who I say I want to be and, you know, controlling my emotions, controlling my thoughts, right? The thing that I have let go and somewhat intentionally, you know, as a form of rest, um, they also brought up in this video, which was about controlling your thoughts through a daily routine and the importance of having a daily routine and what exactly it was. So one of the things they talked about was that a daily routine was a series of decisions, right, that you made. It's a series of decisions um, that essentially made you who you were every day. It's like the, so the, the phrase of show me, show me what you do every day and I'll show you who you are type of a thing. Like who you are is within your daily habits. Um, but what I, the way that I frame it, um, which I think is super helpful is that, you know, your daily routine is a series of predetermined decisions to get you to your destination or your desired destination. And the reason that that predetermined piece is so important and I've kind of forgot it over the years was because at one point, as I was mastering procrastination, those predetermined or those predecided decisions were very important when you want to not do something, right? Because procrastination is based on your emotions and the emotion of not feeling like it for whatever, whatever. It's an emotional response. So if you already know that if I procrastinate or if I, if these things happen and occur, I am most likely to procrastinate. And when this happens, then I am automatically going to do this action. And that action is going to absolutely counteract the ability to procrastinate. It's going to make me do it. So it's like, if I set my alarm for 5.30 in the morning, because that's the time I want to get up and work out, and I hit the snooze button, if I hit the snooze button, I immediately put my feet on the ground, 
right? Because hitting that snooze button now triggers me to get up and it counteracts or counterbalances the ability to hit the snooze button and go back to sleep, right? So my decision has to be the exact opposite of what I would rather do so that I do what I know that I should do or that I know that I've already decided to do. And this is important when it comes to friendships, right? Because then we think about boundaries. This is basically a way of setting boundaries. So it's like that piece I also have let fall by the wayside over the last few years, specifically where I've set boundaries for my friendships so that I could also respect the things that I wanted to do for myself, with myself, by myself, um, only to make exceptions, right? So it's like, Mastering your daily routine and putting that back in place is something that I'm working on now. Um, because once I do that, then it also creates that self-discipline, which allows me to not only create and enforce boundaries, but for me to respect my own boundaries. That part of respecting the boundaries we set for ourselves is often far harder and the catalyst for other people to disrespect our boundaries. But it's often harder than enforcing boundaries so that other people respect them. So that piece of the video was amazing. Um, and the thing about, um, they also talk about like giving into distractions and that distractions threaten your original plan. So it's like, if you have those pre-decided or predetermined decisions, then your distractions won't be able to dis- take you off track. And that's something that, um, Pastor Tori Roberts talks about, like, and Sarah Jakes Roberts as well, that distractions distract you, like they take you off track to where you are going. And that's one of the ways that the enemy uses you. And for people like me who wear their heart on their sleeves, who find, who use their relationships as like one of their personal, like it's absolutely the, the, my ability and capacity to love people is one of the greatest things about myself I that I consider to be one of the greatest things. But because I know that I give and I love so much just purely and genuinely, it's also one of the easiest ways for the enemy to attack me. It's through my heart. It's through the people that I love. Um, and it's just, it, it's unfortunate but I have to learn and focus and put those boundaries in place and respect those boundaries. And this video talked about all of that. It talked about how um, distractions are slow to distract you and how they little by little over time will make you forget your original plans where, you know, first it's, oh, I'm just going to work this job until I have enough money to invest in my business. Then it's, I'm going to work this job until, you know, until I can buy a house. I'm going to work this job until I can get a new car. And slowly but surely your ultimate or your original plans change because you get so comfortable um, and you get so distracted by, you know, what this money or what this job is doing for you that, you just let your true desires fall to the wayside. And, um, you know, or it could be like for me, it was my perception that I did not have support because one or two people weren't there for me. Where I have a, a gamut of people who I could have called instead and they absolutely would have showed up for me, right? Um, I let my own personal thoughts um, or shame about needing to go to these people or needing to ask for my friends to be my friends in that moment, keep me from actually asking. I was just watching the episode of um, Queen Sugar where um, Charlie had COVID and she kept thinking about all the reasons why she couldn't call Nova, why she couldn't call Ra, why she couldn't call Aunt Vi. And it's like, 
even though she had someone else that she could call, like the fact that she made up those reasons that she couldn't depend on them in her mind was a distraction, right? She didn't want to be a burden on them with everything else they had in their lives, even though she always shows up for them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that is something that also um, distracts us from our original plans, from our purpose, from our paths. Um, it could be work. Recently, it has been work. Um, so I removed that work environment from my life so that I could remove that distraction. Um, friendships, relationships, um, all of that. So I'm telling y'all, this this video was really great. Um, then they started talking about um, dismissed versus sent, right? So they were talking about a Bible verse. I don't remember which one. Um, can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was talking about what it was talking about. I want to say it's Matthew something where Jesus, it says he dismissed the people and he sent the disciples, right? So they were making the distinction between dismissed and sent because all within one sentence, basically he told people to go, but he told two very distinct groups of people to go based on their purpose. So for those he dismissed, um, they were people who came to get something that they needed. They got what they needed. So they were dismissed, right? Or people that you need something from, and then you dismiss them. Um, versus people that were sent, right? He sent those that had a reciprocal relationship or whose purpose was not yet fulfilled in their in his life or in his mission, in his goal. So um, in the video, it specifically says, and this is the thing that made me send this to certain people. This was the trigger for certain people to get the video link, right? It said, too many times... We dismiss the people that we are supposed to send and we're sending the people that we should dismiss, meaning that we are holding on to people that we should be letting go of, right? We're, we're making those um, reason people, I mean, you know, we're making those seasonal people reason people, right? Like the people that are staying in our lives and we're letting the people who are supposed to stay in our lives, we're sending them away. And I just knew for myself that this is something that I recently um, recognized for myself and I had to go back and say, okay, so we know that this relationship or this friendship you've held on to for far too long, right? You should have been let this one go. Cool. But what relationships have you let go or not nurtured as much that you should have put that time and energy into. And now let's work on rebuilding those relationships because those people absolutely deserve space and time in your in my life, right? And you know, what people have you not shown up for because you were too busy showing up for these other people that were not deserving? Like who do you need to essentially apologize to and make amends with so that your purpose and their purpose in your lives can be fulfilled and you guys can move on? Because everyone's here to pursue or, or for us to help us pursue our purpose one way or another, right? Either for a long time or a season, right? So um, that was that was amazing. I, I, I really loved that part. Um, but what we're, the part that really got into it was that when he said that some of us are sending people that we should be dismissing and we're dismissing people that we should be sending, that the people that we are choosing to send or keep in our lives are the people who prioritize fun or the people who 
we who support our current decision making, our current thoughts, um, our current trauma responses to things, right? Like they are aligned with who we are now and the, you know, the the ease of it. A lot of people say, you know, I just want peace. But what they're really saying, they don't want peace. They just want ease, right? So like even in my story earlier today, previously where I said, you know, I want all these things, but right now I just want to enjoy what I already have. I don't want to move forward because when I move forward, that comes with more work, right? So when people say I want peace, especially in the world where, you know, if we're talking about male relationships, like they're already, you know, so much against them, so much pressure, so much weight on their shoulders, like Atlas for real, like carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Most men, especially black men, feel like that on a regular basis. So why would they intentionally and purposefully choose friends who challenge them and give them more work when all they want is just, in their mind, it's peace. But really what they're looking for is ease. They're looking for easy. They're looking for not so much work. And I think this is where we get into the conversations of men don't marry the women that they love and they don't marry the woman that's best for them. They marry the woman that's easy or they marry the woman that puts up with more of their shit or they marry the woman that accepts more of their um, shortcomings, right? And and doesn't try to change them. But in reality, you know, in the video too, they said comfort is the greatest threat to your growth. Like people just want that ease, that comfort, that stability because they feel secure, not because it's best for them, not because it's better for them, not because it's going to make them the person they say they want to be or that they're supposed to be, but because they know it, right? So if I know that I'm tired of challenges and I just want, you know, I just want to relax today, I'm not going to call the friend that's going to question, you know, what I've done towards my goals or ask me what my progress is on my podcast or, you know, how my certifications for my job are coming there. I don't want to talk to those friends. I'm going to avoid those friends because today's already been hard enough. I just want to talk to the friend that just wants to ask me about Madden or, you know, I want to talk to, if we're dating, I want to, I want to talk to the girl today that's going to, you know, tell me about her fingernail polish and not, you know, about systemic racism in the workplace. You know what I'm saying? It's like we choose ease over evolution because it's, you know, life is exhausting. I mean, that's just the, the basic point of it that I can get. I get it. You know, I'm tired too. But being in environments with people that are easy, yeah, <laughs> they make it an easier day. <coughs> Excuse me. But in turn, they make a harder life. So, sorry to get some water. Um, that was nice. So, relationships and how most of us, and I'm saying just us, I mean, I've done it too, but how most of us would rather choose plastic relationships because iron relationships, when iron hits iron and starts, you know, creating that friction and sharpening, like you're creating sparks, you're creating heat, you're creating this uncomfortable environment for this iron to be forged into, you know, steel or whatever the case may be. Um, and this is very prevalent and, and it just triggered for me, like conversations with friends, especially the friends that I've lost, where any disagreement we would have to them, it was an argument. Right. Or anything that anytime I expressed my um, discontent or just something I didn't like, it was me complaining or anytime. So I had one friend um, where he broke the trust in our relationship years ago. 
And as a agreement in our friendship, we discuss the ways that we would move forward in our arguments or disagreements when we're having, um, when we both are not, when either of us are not getting something that we need, how we would handle that discussion and all of those things. And just the the type of reassurance that was required to rebuild the trust. Um, and this is similar to this TikTok video I saw the other day where um, a relationship therapist was talking about um, trust and how to repair the trust. Like if one spouse cheats, is the, is it possible to repair the trust in the relationship? And if so, how? And her position was similar to mine, that the person who cheated would have to agree and follow through with the agreement to provide the person that was cheated on with whatever reassurance they need that they are now trustworthy because only through proven action can you restore trust. And it has to be proven action that exceeds the um, distrust. So if you cheated twice, like it's probably not going to take just four times to restore the trust because cheating and lies and things are, a culmination of many small, you know, um, uh, lies or many small deceptions that lead to the larger acts. So it's like, if I am the person that I have lost my trust in you, then in order for us to restore the trust, you are essentially going to have to agree to, to reassure me, to give me access to whatever I require access to, to get that reassurance in the moment. And from there, you know, over time, the more you do that without issue, the more we do that without conflict, the more you just willingly allow me to get what I need. Um, and, you know, all signs are clear that there's no additional things for me to question or, you know, that there are no other signs of um, infidelity or lies or whatever the case may be. Then over time, the the thought is that I will, you know, new trust will be, re- will be born, right? The issue with that is, that one, in doing that method, the person who cheated or lost the trust does not get to dictate how long this happens. It's truly and solely on the individual whose trust has been broken to determine just how long they need this. But as a part of that conversation, you have to give yourself, like come to a point where you're like, okay, you know, they've proven this time after time. We haven't had any more incidents. Like, I don't need that anymore. Right. But if that time never comes, like the person who cheated has to continuously provide in order to restore the trust. And it's not that they're not trusted. It's just that, you know, a lot of times it's just it, it's it, it maybe the trust can't be restored. I don't know. We're not going to get into that. But either way, um, that routine and that allegiance. Right. Eventually, the person who cheated will get worn down. They will wear down their agreement, despite the agreement that they had before, despite what they said they would do. After a while, you get tired. And in the circumstance with me and my former friend, that is what he said. I just got tired of feeling like this or I got tired of, um, you know, you bringing up the past. And it's like, no, I'm not bringing up the past. However, this instance feels and resembles a previous instance, which triggered a lie or triggered the trust to be broken. So now that this trigger has happened, now I need reassurance. And, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take to heal that, especially if you continue to lie, you know, over time. (laughs) Um, But that whole point of being worn down and being tired 
they also talked about in the video that when you're tired, you're depleted. And when you are tired, you make different decisions despite whatever you agreed to previously. Um, and that feeds into like your allegiance. Like you have to have that allegiance and of being immovable and unshaken in your decisions that no matter what, <laughs> that no matter what, you're going to stick to the terms of your agreement to, you know, of what your attendance will be inside of your friendship. Um, yeah. Or your relationship. So that, that tired, they use the example of when you're hungry, you make different food choices, you know, when you're starving versus when you're not like, so it's like when you're in a grocery store and you're picking up all these groceries, you're picking, just throwing stuff in your cart versus when you're hungry because you're hungry versus if you go to the grocery store and you're just, you know, your appetite is, uh, is satisfied or, or satiated, whatever the word is. Um, then you'll make different choices in the foods that you're putting in your cart. Similar to that is this notion of us being so worn down that we, um, we don't adhere to our decisions in our friendships and in our relationships. We do get tired of it and we are looking more for self-relief and escape, like to relinquish our, um, selves of the, what we see as the burden or that un, uh, comfortable feeling, um, instead of looking for self-renewal where we're replenishing those things that we are draining ourselves of. So, you know, it's, it's, man, it's, it's, it's a lot, right? And we're not going to get into everything in this video. Like this, this podcast episode is already long as hell, but I'm going to do separate episodes on the different A's, right? The attendance, allegiance, um, agreement. And there's one more, uh, what's the other one? Uh, I can't find it. Oh, um, attention agreement. Oh, attendance, a Attendance, attention, agreement, and allegiance. I'm going to do a different, maybe one episode for all four of them, maybe two more episodes to cover the four. I don't know, because I have a lot to say about all of them. Um, and they're amazing. It's amazing. It was like an hour and 30 minute video. Um, but anyway, so then they get into prayer, planning, and preparation, right? So squad goals wise, right? You got to be in prayer. So like you, for me, I need friends. I need squad members who do have a relationship with the higher power. It's not just them, right? Like their private relationship with God, um, which is my higher power, prepares them for the low moments. It prepares them to shine bright. It prepares them for their high moments. It prepares them for any type of support that they would need to provide to me or any type of support that they would need to receive from me as a friend, right? That's the prayer part. The planning part is helping to or creating the ordered steps, like making a plan, formulating a plan. Um, how are we going to get from point A to point Z um, so that you can uh, create a routine, right, that addresses whatever expected and sometimes unexpected circumstances? Because we know this is a part of that pre-decision. Let's plan. Let's make these decisions up front. And then preparing is to, you know, whatever needs to be set in place to implement the plan, right? So if that's putting people on notice, like letting sharing your goals or this, you know, where you are with your current season of life with your friends so that they know, hey, guys, I'm going through something and I might not be around as much, but if you need me, like this is how you reach me. Or, you know, I'm going, I may not be around as much, but I might need you more. Like preparing the people in your life 
to support you um, so that you can implement the plan that you have because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. Like, and this is how you put supports in place to accomplish your mission. Um, then they started, they talked about like tug of war and um, distracted people, distract people. And for me, again, the distraction for me lives in my heart, my love for the people that I care about. Um, and the source of distraction is what makes the difference between a distraction and, and, and that that my heart being a good or a bad thing. Right. So I was talking to my, my best friend, my line sister the other day, and, um, she's going through something very, very emotionally traumatic right now. And for her, she's similar to me where the people in her life mean the world to her, but her distraction of placing her in a position where she had to tend to someone that she cares about, was a good thing for her because it forced her to let go of some business things that allowed her business to actually grow and expand in this space where prior to it may have stretched her and stressed her out, right? Trying to do all of the things. This distraction, although it is unfortunate um, and it is something that she has to manage, has allowed her to see the, have the perspective of this is my priority, you know, this, this other thing that I'm working on, um, is going to be the thing that I focus on and everything else. I need to find a way to make it happen, but I don't have to do it. And because of that, her business is growing beautifully. She is learning so much about letting go of control. She's learning so much about the amazing people that she's surrounded herself with and it's allowing them to grow as well. So in her distraction, she is not only growing and evolving herself, but she's also a catalyst for change within the people around her, which for as long as I've known her, that was has literally been her line. I want to be a catalyst for change. And she has always been that. It's admirable. For me, my distraction more recently um, with the people that I love has pulled me away from the the goals that I've set for myself. So it has where I tried to take my focus and the fact that I was a focused person and let that rub off on people that I cared about that were more distracted. It ended up being a tug of war that I lost. And I lost years, okay, <laughs> with this tug of war, trying to pull my distracted friend over to the focus side to get their lives together, to be the people that they wanted to said they wanted to be, it I became immersed in their thoughts, in their way of living, in their environment, and I lost time off of my goals because of it. All because my heart was the key to my distraction. That was nothing but the enemy keeping me away. Whereas for my best friend, that was nothing but God keeping her hand out of all those pots that she would have been trying to stir by herself. So that is uh, where we're going to stop for today. Now, this is about 30 minutes into the video of all of this conversation that I've had so far. There's about another hour of this where they start talking about attendance, attention, agreement, and allegiance, and why those four aspects are so important to a focused um, group of friends or our squad goals and just how um, they give different examples within the Bible, within the word of these different things, what they mean and how they show up and then how they also can hinder us if they're not there. So 
I'm going to try and do one more episode to cover all four of those parts. But y'all know me. I like to talk. And that's the whole point of the Queen Conversations podcast so that we can share our thoughts through um, our stories to help the next woman through something that she may be going through or potentially go through later. It's all about life transitions. And again, friendships are, for me, one of the most vital, one of the most under discussed, under observed and under um, guided relationships in our lives. Our friendships are the relationships that we choose and select purely off of how someone makes us feel their energy and our desire to be around that more. Um, whereas our romantic relationships, there's always some type of give and take, you know, the, ma- the husband role, the woman, the wife's roles, marriage, finances, security, family, whatever. Our family relationships, um, we don't have any decision over who those people are. Um, we're born into those bloodlines. So it's like our friendships are the relationships that I use as my basis for all of my relationships, you know, because those are the ones that you, people tend to opt out of a lot more frequently. They tend to focus less on when it comes to conflict resolution and, um, you know, making sure that they're reciprocal. There are so many different conversations about friendships and how I shouldn't have to be there all the time for you to know that our friendship is solid, but there are lots of pieces missing because in order for us to get to that point, there has to be a foundation of trust, a foundation of allegiance, a foundation of attention and attendance. Um, And our agreement can be that I don't have to be, and this is also said in the video, that because I know we are in agreement um, and because of the um, historical uh, context and the history of our friendship and what I know, I am secure enough in our friendship to know that when our friendship is activated when I need you, when you need me, that we will be there for each other. So it's like, I don't have to be there all day, every day, because I know you're going to be there. And that part also, and again, we're going to talk about it later, but that also spoke to me because I realized that in the relationships where I wanted to be with my friends all the time and in the relationships where I wanted to be with my you know, lover or my romantic partner all the time, it was because I didn't have that security. Because one of these one of these four things were missing, the attendance, their attention, their agreement or allegiance. And it's like, now it makes so much sense that in order to be secure in our squad goals, platonic or not, these things are very important. So I'm absolutely going to talk about them later. Um, Again, this is a, this is part four in the focus series. um, And this one's called Who You With by by Pastor Mike Jr. from... Rock City Ministries, excuse me, it's Rock City TV on YouTube. And this was streamed like eight months ago, Um, which is interesting because when I think about what was happening in my friendships eight months ago, yeah, God's timing, God's timing. But either way, all right, so we're going to wrap this up. Sorry, guys. Um, We're going to wrap this up. And I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week. Um, again, if you're not subscribed to the career champion podcast, make sure that you check me out there as well. Cause your girl be dropping them gems, career gems. And I'm going to do my best not to give any type of career or negotiation tips and tactics here so that you guys know exactly where to go for those types of things, because we all need it. Um, but anyway, I'm so excited to be back on the queen conversations podcast. I cannot wait. I'm so excited, um, to talk to you guys. 
even if I'm talking to myself, you know? Anyway, have a great day. Bye. <laughs>